0: This is BizBevs and Bites in the Berg and Beyond, a podcast hosted by Kelly Commander and Cindy Ellick. The show brings engaging and educational business content to listeners while highlighting the best restaurants and beverage makers in the Pittsburgh region. Pull up a chair and join Cindy and Kelly for the happiest hour by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform and visit the show at BizBevsBites.com.
1: Hey, this is Kelly. Welcome to our interview with Rob Oliver. He talked so much that we had to break it into two different episodes. This is part one and part two will be coming out on Friday. We hope you enjoy it. Thanks for listening.
2: Rob Oliver is a speaker, author, and podcast host. At 21 years old, he sustained a paralyzing body surfing injury that forced him to evaluate his life, self-worth, and success. Rob shares what he learned in two autobiographical books, Still Walking and Still Falling, as well as children's anti-bullying book called Who, Me? Yeah, You! He speaks internationally and has received the Best of Award as the top-rated motivational speaker in his hometown of Pittsburgh twice. As a keynote speaker, he talks to medical professionals
1: about quality health care and patient and family-centered care. His other specialty is speaking about resilience, which is especially important as we go through this pandemic. When he is not speaking, writing, or podcasting, he is helping others in their journey to become speakers, writers, or podcasters, utilizing the skills he has developed and the lessons he has learned. Welcome to Biz, Bebs, and Bites. This is Kelly Commander.
2: Hi, and I'm Cindy Ellick. And one thing that Rob did not mention in his uh, biography that, that Kelly and I just shared with our with you listeners is that he is a podcast producer. Not only is he a podcast producer, he is mine and Kelly's podcast producer for Biz, Bev's, and Bites. So we're thrilled that, that he is our podcast producer.
3: Hey, listen, you guys do a great job, and I'm thrilled to death to be here. Thanks for having me. Thank you you for joining us, Rob.
1: Yes, thank you so much. We have one question that we must ask you before we get started and dig into the podcasting topic. Are you ready?
3: Okay, I'm on the edge of my seat, and that's not healthy for me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How sorry are you that you took us on as clients?
3: (laughs) Hey, you know what? There is, there's a rule that is, um, there are two groups of people that you should never work with, family and friends. Um, but this has been wonderful. I th- okay, really honestly, I feel like my gift in life is the ability to teach, and so uh, this has been really fulfilling for me—not just to be able to produce what you guys are doing, but to share the knowledge that I have. And it, it really it ma- it helps me to feel as though what I've gone through has been valuable and what I've learned is something that others can benefit from. So no, it's it's been a, a fantastic experience and I wouldn't have it any other way.
1: <laughs> well, that <laughs> makes you. us feel, yes, it makes us feel really good um, because it is a learning curve and it's something that we we listen to podcasts. I've been a guest on many podcasts. Yours was one of them, Rob. That's how we met when I was a guest on Learning from Smart People. Right. But to actually go through the process and the technology and all of that kind of stuff we would be completely lost without you, Cindy.
2: Oh f- my gosh, for sure. And and Rob, we just greatly appreciate your your time and your patience that you've spent with with Kelly and I. And you are definitely an excellent teacher. And and thank you for sharing your your knowledge and, and wisdom with us. Um, yeah. And with that said, whenever you were st- starting out in podcasting. Um, You know, what were some of the things that that you did and that you learned from,
3: you know, maybe some mistakes or missteps or something? I will tell you, when I first started, I made the most colossal blunder that somebody can make. Okay. And that is, I decided to do what everybody else was doing. And let me explain, all right. I'm a member of the National Speakers Association here in Pittsburgh, and we had a guy come in, his name's Tom Singer, and he is a podcast guru. And he's like, you need to have a podcast. And I'm like, great. You've sold me. I've wanted, I've heard podcasts. I've thought that I'd like to have one. And he has a podcast and it's called like cool things entrepreneurs do. I'm like, this is great. I can do that. And so I thought, here's what I would love to do. I'm going to bring in all the marketing people I'm going to learn from these smart people and I'm going to teach the entrepreneurs. And while I'm doing that, I'm going to learn from all of these entrepreneurs, learn from all the marketing people and it's going to help me with my business. And so as an entrepreneur, I'm going to grow by having this, this podcast and I'm going to learn from it. And I'm really slow on the uptake because it took me almost a year before I realized my podcast is not targeted at my audience my audience is medical professionals. That's who I speak to. And Mm -hmm. it took me a a full year, which thankfully I didn't have anything else going on because I started it last April in the middle of a pandemic. And I, I made the mistake of not being clear on who my customer is, not being clear on who I am speaking to. And because of that, I have 140 episodes of a podcast that is full of great material and full of things that I have learned, but it's not helping me with my, with marketing my business. So I think that's step number one is if you want to have a podcast, figure out who is my customer? What does my customer need? What do they respond to? And how do I use my podcast to address their pain points and help them so that uh, I'm actually, I'm actually building benefit in for the people that I want to Serve in my with my business.
2: That is an excellent, excellent point.
3: And just on a side note, since I'm here and I'm doing personal plugs anyway, uh, Kelly, you were on learning from smart people. I have recently launched a new podcast which is addressing this exact thing. So it's called um, Perspectives on Healthcare, and it's been phenomenal. I bring in a variety of different members of the healthcare community to give their perspective on six questions and it's been like I've had a hospitalist. I've had a physician assistant. I've had an acupuncturist, a pharmacist, um, a psychologist, just all different people. And it's been fascinating to me. I was worried that they were all going to have the same viewpoint, the same perspective, but they have all shared different things and it's been such a learning experience. It's been, it's really been great. So just to reiterate the point, who do you, who do you talk to? Um, who is your customer and how do you serve them? Because that's, that's ultimately where you're headed.
1: Right. So you ask the same six questions of each guest regarding the perspectives on healthcare. So it's the same question, but obviously very different answers.
3: Right. So that was by looking for different perspectives. I thought the way to keep this uniform is the, the questions are all the same. The perspectives are all different. And that, to me, makes it stand. Listen, learning from smart people, um, different questions all the time. Okay, uh, and it flows with what the what the guest is an expert in, but with perspectives on healthcare again because you look at that's kind of the next step in where it goes. Who is my audience? Who do I want to? Um, who do I want to speak to? And then what is the goal of what I'm doing? And really with learning from uh, learning from smart people, it's about educating entrepreneurs Mm -hmm. and that's great. Okay. And I think that that's something that is beneficial to your listeners. And so I would encourage you if you're an entrepreneur out there, go check out learning from smart people. I've got 140 episodes of great material from great uh, people from, you know, marketing authors, social media, people, you name it, it's, it's out there, go check it out. But the next piece is okay. Okay. Um, what's the format going to be and how does the format flow from what the purpose is? You figure out who I'm talking to, what's my purpose, and then how do I set up the podcast to make it work um, to, to match those parameters as long as, does that make sense to you guys?
1: Yes. It makes total sense because that was a lot of what Cindy and I discussed in the beginning was, who do we want to reach? Who do we want to be our listeners? Of course, we want every single person in the world to listen to BizBevs and Bites. But if we concentrate on a few very specific niche kind of audiences, I think we're more successful that way.
3: Yeah. Let or- me just throw in there that when you, it would be much better to have a small engaged audience than to have a broad and diverse, unengaged audience. So you if you are able to connect with your listeners and you're able to do something where they're interacting with you, where they are engaged, where it makes a difference um, to them, that's great. It's much better than having a, a huge audience that is base, is peripherally interested. That makes total sense.
2: Hey, oh, for sure.
3: Cindy, you have officially stole my line. Because in going back and listening to all of my podcasts, you guys can, you can flag me on this. Anybody who listens to the podcast, you're going to, at some point during every podcast, you're going to hear me say, that makes total sense.
1: Okay. That's (laughs) funny because we have our little terms that we use as well. Mine is 100%. What else do I say all the time? You know, the whole nine yards and you know. I, I, I have to make sure that you know, you know, what I'm saying, you know, mm-hmm. and then Cindy, you have a couple that you say as well. I
2: do. I do. Precisely. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That's, so is your middle name Lee, you know, cause you've got, yeah. you got the Lee on the end of everything that you're doing. And, okay. So, and when people watch me on, on YouTube, you'll, they'll see me doing something in the podcast episodes too, because I will reach up and I tap my nose. Okay. And when I feel like someone has really hit the point on the nose, mm-hmm. it, I don't actually say it, but in the YouTube videos, you'll see it, it like <laughs> tapping right on the nose to let, to let them know. And you know, I, you nailed it. That was right. perfectly It's just, and that's really, I mean, here's one of the things I learned on learning from smart people. Okay. Um, I don't know if you guys remember, the Daily Show before it was John Stewart, um, it was a guy Craig Kilborn did the oh, Daily whoa. Show before yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. John Stewart, and um he he did five questions, okay, and they were you know general knowledge questions, kind of random questions, and it I loved that part of the show, and so I as an homage to that, at the end of every su- episode of Learning from Smart People, I do what I call three questions to establish your humanity, right. And it's just a chance. The first 25 minutes is for people to show how smart they are. And the last three questions are to show that they're actually a people. Um, So hence the name learning from smart and people, but it's people want your personality to come out. They want, they want to feel connected with you. And this actually, and this is another point when I was doing my initial editing for the podcast, I went in and I took out every, ah, uh, every, um, every pause it, it just to make it as perfect as possible. And I realized after doing that, I take out the personality that Sarah, it, it, it makes it actually more difficult to listen to because it's, it, it's not a natural flowing conversation. Sure. So being willing just to be yourself, to let your blemishes and flaws come out, I I speak in half sentences. I stutter sometimes. It all happens. And you know, it, if you know me, you've come to expect that. And if you listen to the podcast, you you know that that's part of it. But it's it's a, a great opportunity not just to share your professionalism with others, not just to share your expertise, your business, but to, to let yourself shine through. Don't be afraid to be yourself because people enjoy that and people welcome that that just personal nature of, of you just being you.
1: That is a great point.
3: Yeah. Be authentic. And
2: and authenticity will, will definitely show through whenever you are being authentic.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And the the fun thing about that is that um, I think my son has a sign on his bedroom wall that says something along the lines of uh, be a first rate version of you because um, being a second rate version of everybody else they're already taken, right? So you can't, don't do somebody else's podcast. Don't copy somebody else's podcast. As I mentioned, you can, you can do an homage to them. You can have, you can take elements from what they're doing and learn from them, but do your own podcast because that's what's going to represent. That's what's going to resonate with your tribe.
1: That's true. I do have to say, though, I was so impressed and just wow with the three questions at the end of the learning from smart people podcast that cindy and i kind of put a spin on that which you're Mm going to find out at the end because since you are our first guest it'll be the first time that we end the show with a little thing that we created that was sort of more than sort of inspired by the three questions that you had asked me and one was one of the questions you asked me was meatloaf underrated or overrated
3: (laughs) yeah So here's the, the, anyone that has listened to learning from smart people, you'll, you'll get this, that there are always three questions and one of them all the time has to do with food. Generally, the last one is about food because like you guys, I am a foodie. I, I love my food. Like, you know, and I, I think that food, food to me is, it's more than just what's pleasing to the palate. Food is a relationship builder. Okay, yes. I, a friend of mine, Al Condiluci, who has been on uh, Learning from Smart People twice now. Uh, he's a big social capital guy, which is a topic that we can you can find out about later. But his he reminded me when we were talking one day. It's really hard to be angry with people that you've broken bread with. Anyone that you sit down and have a meal with, it's hard to be mad with at them. Although I will say this. How many meals have you had that were interrupted by the fact that people couldn't get through a full meal without having some form of political discourse in which it all falls apart. But if we're willing just to sit down and eat together and talk, um, it's, it's a relationship builder. So the food is not just delicious. It's not just wonderful to consume. uh, It is also, um, it's a vehicle for building relationships. Kind of like to me, and this is personal bias. Okay. Mashed potatoes, are a vehicle for gravy. Mashed potatoes on their own don't do anything for me, but once you put gravy on them, now they've fulfilled their purpose. Food <laughs> is food is the mashed potatoes in that relationship building.
2: <laughs> and and nothing like a really good meatloaf gravy to put on top of the mashed potatoes.
3: Yeah. It, my wife made my wife made like a turkey meatloaf that had like sweet sauce on it and I was just like doesn't do it for me. I, my my meatloaf is it's got to be like a savory must, a savory meatloaf. You can't. I'm, I'm, Kelly, I, if I'm not mistaken, you gave us the tip that um, you put some A one into your meatloaf. Which, I do. Uh, what a phenomenal secret! And it gives it that tang. That's what I'm looking for in a meatloaf. Don't mm-hmm. give me any of that sweet stuff.
1: And don't forget, I also use crushed up dry stovetop stuffing mix instead of breadcrumbs. Genius. Yes, yes, and that's why whenever you asked me the meatloaf question, I thought, "Does he know what I do in my own house? How does he know that I'm like the meatloaf person? Everybody loves my meatloaf and my burgers." So, but I digress. Yes, Uh, Cindy and I definitely agree with the food thing because we have bonded over food and over wine, which Cindy has taught me so much about wine, and that is part of the reason that the biz ended up connected to the bebs and the bites because of our love of eating and sampling and trying new wines and other drinks.
2: And and talking about business while we're doing both of those things, enjoying a great bottle of wine and having some, some delicious food. Yeah, for sure. So, All right, All right Rob. Rob. Are you ready for another question? You bet. <laughs> Kel, do you got one or am I, I going to ask? Uh,
1: you know what? Go ahead because I think mine is for the end of the show, towards the end of the show.
2: Okay. So... Rob, you had mentioned earlier, uh, we'd been talking earlier that you are a, a motivational speaker. So tell our listeners how you go about finding speaking gigs.
3: So a couple things. Number one, a lot of my speaking is done to associations.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So um, first thing is I go out and I will search for, a, this is, this is not new with me. This is standard practice for a lot of speakers. Who who is my audience? Okay, what do I have to speak to them about? Then I'm just basically going to go out and let me. I'll speak to occupational therapy associations. So I do a Google search for occupational therapy associations. I will visit their website. On their website, find out when is their conference, um, and then. I put that all into my CRM, my customer relationship management software so that I can then say I can then know, okay, for example, if someone's conference is at the at the end of September, I'm not contacting them today right. to talk to them about their conference. I will put it in my CRM to say, okay, you know, end of October reach out to say, hey, who you know, when do you start booking for your conference next year? And, um, who is the right person to talk to about that? Um, so that's, I mean, that's some of the way that I'm doing it. Um, additionally, I am doing marketing with podcasting, with being on podcast with, you know, getting out there, uh, being in the media, all of those ways are marketing for what I'm doing. And then the other piece is, and I, this cannot be understated is referrals because when somebody hears, when I send out, you know, a cold email, they're getting a, a message from someone that they've never heard from before. Right. So what's to make them trust me over, but if, you know, Cindy says to Kelly, Hey, I heard this guy, he's phenomenal. You, you got to get him. That means a whole lot more than me just kind of going out. So it, my, my thought is this, if you're, if you're new to what, if you're new to speaking, if, if you're new to the prospecting, you've got to make the cold calls. Okay. Um, the other piece of that though is work on the referrals. And what that means is for a new speaker, sometimes you're going to have to do free speeches. Okay. And that those free speeches can be like the, the Rotary club. They're always looking for speakers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I will caution you. Don't go to the Rotary club to give them an advertisement for your business. Go to give them yep. a quality message, something that they can appreciate, something that they can build on and, and they will want to work with you. So if you create the, create the appetite, you know, create the thirst with them, they will come to you to say, how do we work with you? How do we, um, instead of you trying to force it down their throat, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely. There's my absolute, there's my Absolutely. <laughs>
1: I got one. 100%. <laughs> Sorry, on the nose. <laughs> there it is. Oh, my God. That's funny. That's something I want to remember to go back to later, our hand signals, Cindy. Once yeah. we get off, we're going to start to be like baseball umpires here, and we're going to start right. doing some hand signal stuff. So that's another topic. <laughs> but no, that makes sense. And even to have to get out there and speak for free for a while to build an audience and build a referral system, 100% mm-hmm. makes total sense to me.
3: Right. Okay. Let me, let me throw something else out there. And that is, um, this goes back to podcasting. Okay. And a lot of people say, how do I make money with podcasting? And the, the classic response is to say you get advertisers. Okay. And you get advertised, you put spots into your podcast so that you can make money with it. Okay. And I will tell you that that is really, really, really super hard to do it. They only They only do that. I think there's the number of podcasts that generate enough listenership to, to warrant that is minuscule. Okay. Here's what you do. You self-sponsor your podcast. You put in there an advertisement for your business, or you drop something in there that takes people into your lead funnel. Okay. And so Um, in order, I don't know, you know, whatever the service is that you're providing. uh, When I go out and speak, if if I do a year's worth of podcasting and it generates for me one speaking lead, I will almost guarantee you that the amount of money I make from that speaking lead is going to be more than I could have generated from having it and somebody else advertise on every single episode of my podcast. Okay, um, that's that's what's out there, uh, and, and really, I think this is what we were talking about earlier. Sometimes you need to take a step back, and I hate to say this phrase: think outside the box. Because right now, thinking outside the box—if you're thinking outside the box—you're still coloring within the lines, right? I, it it's a it's a terrible expression, but you've got to be able to to look at. Uh, oh, you can pivot too. How's that for another overused expression? But um, you can get a different viewpoint to say, all right, what I'm going to be able to do, what I'm doing is looking at alternative ways to do things, looking at um, this is how everybody else does it. Is there a way that I can do it and actually do it better and make it work better for me?
1: That's some really good advice because Mm -hmm. I think that's, a lot of times the first thing that people think of is, I'm going to start a podcast and I'm going to make a ton of money. And I think that having great topics, great guests, and a passion for what you're talking about and a passion to help other people through the podcast is the first step to possibly, like you said, very minuscule, but making money through advertisers someday.
3: Yeah, and... Another tip for podcasters. If you are if you're going to do a podcast, the podcast is not about you. Right. Your podcast has to be about your listeners. It has to be about your audience because if it's about you, you will be there by yourself. If it's about if you're building value into the people that are listening, they're going to come back. You're going to build a tribe, you're going to build a following only if it's scratching their itch if it's healing their pain, if it's providing value to them, that's what's going to work. It's not about, don't don't worry. If you're going into this to make money, just stop and don't, okay? If you're going into this to provide a service for others that they may find valuable and that may eventually build into something else, understand it's going to take a lot of time to do that. Just have your have your understanding of what the expectations are and make sure that you're, you're assisting them, you're building up for them, and it's not about you. Oh,
1: that's so true. That's a great
0: point. Thank you for listening to Biz, Bev's, and Bytes. The podcast is brought to you by Cindy Ellick Marketing Group and K2 Creative and PR. Come back and join us for the Happiest Hour. Reserve a table by subscribing to the podcast on all major sites and make sure to leave a review on iTunes. You can learn more about the show, your hosts, and how to be featured by visiting bizbevsbites.com.